This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Change, Redefining Success, the podcast designed to inspire you and give you actionable information to enhance, up-level, reimagine, and reinvent your life and your livelihood. No matter where you started, where you are now, or where you've been, you too can lead an authentic, first-class life. Each week, new stories of turning points and transformation will help you define what success means to you so you can live your best life on your terms. Now here's your host, first-class life mentor and certified Profiting From Your Passions coach, Kate Fessler. Welcome to Change, Redefining Success. I'm your host, Kate Fessler, and today my guest is Allison Benton. Allison is the president of Aliquantas Consulting, where the primary goal is to create strong and genuine partnerships between government and businesses. By providing unique and creative solutions to economic development issues, Aliquantas smoothly navigates the site selection and incentive negotiation process for their clients, both public and private. But Allison's story took an unexpected turn on Good Friday in 2013, when she fell from a stool while hanging a curtain rod at a friend's apartment, causing each of her right ankle bones to break. When she arrived at the ER, she was given morphine for the pain, and three minutes later, a dose of Dilaudid, a morphine derivative eight times stronger than morphine, and another dose 40 minutes later. Knowing that surgery was needed for her ankle, the hospitalist ordered double the dose of Dilaudid to be administered every four hours, even though Allison had not regained consciousness since leaving the ER. At 8 a.m. the next morning, Allison was found non-responsive. A code blue caused a desperate rush to revive her. After 13 minutes of chest compressions and an antidote to remove the pain medications, Allison was breathing again, but only to have it happen again four hours later. Recovery was slow and painful, but soon revealed a God-given benefit. An overwhelming need to buy paint, brushes, and canvases led Allison to discover that she was now an artist, which was a major surprise to someone who literally couldn't depict a recognizable stick person before. Not only was the painting therapeutic, but it transformed Allison's life and her business. She was fixated on creating paintings in acrylics, oils, watercolors, pastels, then branched out into furniture, light fixtures, and fabric, with explorations into glass mosaics and jewelry. In the past four years, this experience has helped Allison to reinvent herself and savor every wonderful living moment especially through the dissolution of her 29-year marriage, empty nesting, the death of her mother, and a fractured back from a skiing accident. She has participated in art shows, sold and delivered commissioned paintings, and provided many gifts to others in pain to demonstrate that they can use all of their strengths to overcome all obstacles. Wow, welcome, Allison. (laughs) Hi, Kate. How are you today? I am well, thank you. Let's go back to before this amazing experience of death and rebirth. Tell us about your business back then. How did you get into it and what did you do for people? Well, my degree from Arizona State is in communication and human communication. So my mother kept asking me, what exactly kind of job do you get with that? So it's kind of been a journey um, to get into economic development because the whole idea of creating jobs so that 
people can better their community, can better their households, can better their place um, is really where my heart lies. So being a consultant to help companies decide where they're going to put their new locations and negotiate incentives so that they can create the most jobs in those locations is pretty much what what I do. I started Aliquanas about 12 years ago and had been at some big four accounting firms before that. So um, helping people to um, upskill their their workforce and create new jobs at lower entry levels um, is really what what I do. So that kind of uh, being able to put together business and government is a, a hand-holding kind of process. Uh, someone described it as a concierge process that I do. Oh, very interesting. Well, that must be very rewarding. It is. It is. So some of my clients in, uh, have been IBM and American Airlines and um, American Greetings. Sounds like everything starts with American. Citigroup um, uh, and several, you know, food processing manufacturers and um, Bank of America. That those types of clients. So they're they're companies that have a lot of locations with a lot of opportunity for growth. So it sounds like things were humming along just fine, and then Good Friday, 2013. Your friend asked you to help hang some curtains. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it was uh, not really how I was expecting to spend the weekend or the next, you know, four years since. Um, but it, it, I was standing on a stool, and this, I stepped back to see if the curtain rod was level, and the the stool and my foot went that way. The rest of me went that other way. So um, I literally was down the street from the emergency room. So I was there probably eight minutes after I broke my all the bones of my ankle. So they, when they were really quick about getting me some pain medication because it hurt like a booger. You just can't even imagine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my friend said, I, I can't really tell. I couldn't tell if it was the top or the bottom of your foot. So um yeah that's kind of kind of icky but when they gave me the morphine uh it didn't it didn't cause the immediate effect that they were looking for so when they 3 minutes later when they gave me the dose of dilaudid dilaudid is a, a morphine derivative that's six times stronger than morphine mm. and um it still wasn't uh it wasn't like I couldn't feel it anymore I could I was still feeling a lot of pain so when they gave me the second dose I don't remember anything after that. Mm. And for like another another 12, 14 hours um, until I woke up after the all the chest compressions when when they had, you know, brought in the crash cart team and all that stuff. So I woke I opened my eyes and uh, my then husband said, "You scared me to death." I said, what did I do? <laughs> you know, I, was, I you wasn't even there. Know. No, no. I, I think that it was probably um, best to say that I was someplace else. Uh, and a lot of people have asked me, you know, what was that experience like? And 
I I laugh because it always feels like I can't get away from work. It didn't feel like, you know, going to the light as much as it felt like a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's always about the about the presentation, but um that that was something that I really feel now very deeply that God was giving me art lessons while I was while I was out. Um, because 12 minutes is a long time. I mean, I probably had some pulse, um, but it was so low that they that they couldn't get enough um, uh, to stop doing the chest compressions. So um, when it happened again four hours later, then they took me to ICU. So I was in the hospital for about a week um, after they did the surgery and uh, got me back on my feet. But my brain was a little scrambled from, um, yeah, not not just the experience, but I'm sure all of the medication and um, the the surgery kind of drugs too. So So, I, um, so it wasn't, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to ask, so were you aware, so you said you woke up sort of after the chest compression, so Mm -hmm. I'm sure they told you this is what happened. So did they give you more drugs because four hours later it happened again? Well, it's kind of interesting. These really high-powered drugs kind of have a half-life. So what they had given me when they they gave me like an antidote, which is a little bit like a snake bite kit, you know, where it takes all of the venom out of your system. Well, this takes all of the pain medication out of your system. So I had no pain medicine in my body um, for three days before they did the surgery. So it was, the, you know, the bones aren't set because, mm-hmm. you know, they're just all kind of sitting around in there. And um, so it was extremely, extremely painful. I had this really wonderful nurse in ICU that she brought about 20 different pillows in my bed and she would come and refluff my pillows every 10 or 15 minutes. And it was amazing what that little bit of human kindness helped um not not just with the pain but just feeling cared for mm-hmm. and that was that was something that was you know something that women do for each other that probably is not as um I was so grateful then but I'm more grateful now that I can look back on it you know so yeah. um but but it was something that she didn't have to do but she knew that I was in a lot of pain, and um, so it it was it was a, a pretty long um, it was a pretty long recovery even after after I got home. Mm. So you mentioned something about there was you didn't see any light, but it was more like a PowerPoint presentation. Do you what do you remember for when you were technically dead, right? Twice, mm-hmm. right? Um, I do remember that there were a lot of loved ones. It was like, so it was like, not like people being there, but more like pictures mm-hmm. of um, of people that were really important to me. And um, there was a lot of light around it, but they weren't people that necessarily had passed on. They were people that um, I cared about right here and now. So it, was, it didn't feel like... Um, a push or a pull 
or you know i'm I'm going anywhere necessarily, and I'm fighting against it. It was more that it's okay, everything's gonna be fine mm-hmm. and and that i I actually had that same feeling um when in nineteen eighty five I had a a triple rollover accident. You're gonna think I'm so accident prone oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was living in um, near Marquette, Michigan, up in the Upper Peninsula, and hit ice and um, started spinning, and then hit dry dry land. So I did three complete flips and landed back on the wheels. But I I actually fractured my neck, and um, they didn't see it on the on. I just have bad health care. Maybe that's what it is. They didn't see it on the X rays. <laughs> So um, I didn't have surgery on my neck for 18 years after that happened. Um, so I had some collapsed discs and that sort of thing. So, uh, and you know, I know your next question is going to be, do I do I make all of the alarms go off at the airport? <laughs> no, <laughs> for all the pins and plates and things that I have in my in my body. But um, I let go of the steering wheel when that started. When I started to flip. And I just knew um, from a kind of a faith perspective that everything was going to be fine. I It was all going to be fine no matter what. And I physically let go of the wheel and didn't fight what was, because it was obviously already happening. And I think that, that my feeling um, when this happened in the, in the near-death situation or the death situation. I'm not sure exactly what to call it. Um, yeah, it sounds that like was, an act- <laughs> right, 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 right. So I, I think that um, I think that I had that same sort of feeling that it it doesn't it, it didn't matter what the end result was going to be. I was still going to be okay. So were you aware? So they you you knew like that they had brought you back once, your husband was all concerned about you. Mm-hmm. Could you feel it coming again, or did you go back to sleep and then it happened again? Was Were you cognizant of that at all? No, no. And, you know, when I say I don't think I was there, um, mm-hmm. I don't think that it wasn't, I mean, I was physically there, but I don't think that I was um, mentally there at all. Uh, I, I don't think... I guess I must have gone to sleep and then it happened again because I don't remember the event at all. Just when I woke up again and said, you scared me to death again. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, well, I, yeah, I didn't mean to, um, you know, apologies all around, but. <laughs> right. So this was even before the surgery. Right. Exactly. They must on... have, they must have been scared to death to give you anesthesia for the surgery right right yeah exactly well and you know i i i understand kind of the healthcare system that they um you know wanted to make sure that it wasn't a cardiac event that it wasn't something that that my body did and that wasn't associated with the medication mm-hmm. um but there are a lot of instances where this this medication when it's not used properly um has resulted in things that are more final than what's ha- what happened to me. 
Wow. So after the surgery, what was your recovery like? Well, I was in a wheelchair, and then they put me in a uh, I was in a on a walker. But um, I it was twelve weeks. I was um, disabled for twelve weeks, and since I'm self-employed, I have my my own. You know, I have to do the work, or you don't get paid. Um, it was it was a very difficult time. Um, it my my husband then had been laid off from his job, and mm-hmm. we had my son was in college, and so it was it was just a really difficult time. Um, so I didn't even have good cable downstairs. All of our good television stuff was upstairs that I couldn't go up there for 12 weeks. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that, um, I, I don't think that it was because of that, but I just had this like, overwhelming urge to, to, to paint. And Yeah, when did you start feeling the craving for the art supplies? Um... Let's see. This happened on a Good Friday, and I went home a week later. So it was within the following week, like on Wednesday, ten days, mm. ten days after the accident. And um, and it was really surprising to me because I don't have any hobbies, or I didn't have any hobbies then, or up until that point. So it was um, it was really surprising. And my friend said to me. Well, I'll take you to the art supply store, but you know what? What kind of paints do you want? You know, I said I have no idea, but you have to take me. You have to take me now. Hmm. Very, Very interesting. interesting. <laughs> well, we've got to take a short break, but when we come back, a life transformed. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven-module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand, and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Thanks for joining us. Back now with your host, Kate Fessler. Welcome back. You are listening to Change, Redefining Success. I'm your host, Kate Fessler, and my guest today is Allison Benton. Allison, you died and were brought back to life twice. And when you rejoined the living, you had something you didn't have before. That's so true. I I guess God was giving me art lessons when I was when I was out, and it was um, a complete surprise to me uh, because I, I really I couldn't draw a stick figure before. You know when the when your teacher wants you to draw something and 
color it. They really never looked like anything that anyone could recognize what it was supposed to be <laughs> that I was drawing. So it was abstract art. <laughs> abstract, yes. I, I think that's really kind of what people call it when they can't understand, <laughs> can't see what it's supposed to look like. Um, but I had really not had any interest in art before that. And when I when I got home, I was laying on the couch and I the the friend that I was hanging the curtain rod for, um, he kind of became my Sherpa. <laughs> he was taking my doctor. Oh my goodness. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think he felt really bad that all this happened, but he took me to the doctor and he took me so I he came over to, to check on me and I said, You you have to we've gotta get in your car because I I really need you to take me to the art supply store. And he said, Well what what kind of what kind of supplies do you need? I said, I, I have no idea, but we have to go and we have to go right now. So he we loaded up the wheelchair and I was still pretty out of it, I think. I don't I don't think I was back in my right mind for a long time. But um I he took me to the art supply store and I loaded up kind of a, a cart full of uh, acrylic paint and brushes and and I just started painting. And the first one that I did was abstract, but it didn't look like those ones that I did when I was in school. It had lots of texture and colors and um, really w- was an amazing outlet for me um, because I I really don't think that I... I didn't have a plan. I was painting for whatever was coming off of my fingertips. And that led to the second one, which was actually um, uh, near the the day of the Moore, Oklahoma tornadoes. Mm. And that was upsetting to me, just like the floods in Houston are um, Mm. upsetting, you know, that so many people were affected. But I, I painted those three tornadoes. And um, I don't think I could ever replicate what that looks like because it was probably 12 layers of paint that didn't get muddied. All of the pieces of the colors and, um, you know, there's there's eyes in them that I, I know I didn't paint consciously. So mm-hmm. the colors and and things, and people would say, oh, you know, that's really good. And, and I thought they were just being really kind <laughs> because I'd had this terrible accident. <laughs> they were, oh, yeah. isn't that nice? You know, I thought they were being nice. But then I branched out into watercolors and oil paints, and um, it, I've I've done different types of, of things. Um, birds and butterflies seem to be really special things. And I think that the whole butterfly um, using that as hyperbole, you know, that that whole process of going from cocooned to something be- beautifully, beautiful and new, mm-hmm. um, because, because my life really did start over. And mm-hmm. I am so much more um, grateful every single day. I'm, I'm, I'm just more alive with gratitude 
um, not just for this kind of gift that I've found, but for everything, you know, for for the sun shining today or the rain falling tomorrow. And it has affected every part of my life. It not just in, you know, the art that I'm doing or the relationships that I have, but that these these um, projects that I do for my clients, that they have to have some meaning. They have to have something that is not a, from a corporate structured standpoint. It has to be something where these are philanthropic companies that really want to help people. They really want to help them to be part of their corporate family. So that having that meaning um, has given a lot of meaning to my life. So looking back at your, at the first painting, which you said wasn't really recognizable as a thing, but but was something that you were pretty sure you couldn't have created before, were you just like staring at it at your hands? Like, did that just come out of me? Yes. Was it really shocking for you? It was. It was really like I had no idea how to even use paint. I, I mean, I, I know you've put it on the brush and you put it on the canvas, but, um, you know, I I didn't know what I was painting. And so the interpretations of what people looked at it and they said, what did they see? Almost everybody saw bird, but some saw a duck and some saw a a parrot. They're all birds. (laughs) (laughs) But but they would see in like the face of the bird facing left and the person seeing another different kind of bird all saw one bird was facing up Mm. and some would be facing in the bottom right corner. So it it was really strange that people didn't see, oh, I see a tree or I see a, a mountain, that they would all see a bird when there's obviously no feathers in this mm. in this painting. So, um, so I, I think that that's part of the magic of mm-hmm. art to begin with. That people can interpret things differently at what they what they see based on their own experience. But I can put things out there where they can see something that is a part of me or part of the universe that is pulling all of these things together to be able to show that gift. Yeah. So all of this ultimately led to some other things, like dissolving your marriage of 29 years. What led you to that decision, and what was that like for you? Well, it was um, it was a difficult decision, but it was something that I was being really led like I hadn't been listening to um you know maybe directions that I should have been going knowing that things mm-hmm. that were not good for me um and I do think that a lot of times women don't really put themselves well we don't hardly ever put ourselves first right especially mm-hmm. when we're when we're raising families but we are are constantly looking after others and not necessarily after ourselves. So it was uh, a time when I, I was empty nesting. My my son was in college, and all of this 
epiphany about being able to um, see things differently from the perspective of, you know, I don't know how much time I have. Mm-hmm. Who knows if this is all going to be end tomorrow? What do mm-hmm. I have to say about what I've given the world? What is it that I can, I mean, I, I feel like I've done a lot in my life, but what is it that I can say that I've brought to others that that they can say, you know, at the end of my life, it wasn't my time, mm. you know, four years ago. So I've got this new opportunity, this new uh, awakened uh, ability to share things with people in a way that I'd never been able to share before. Mm-hmm. So when when um, when I decided that this was the direction that I wanted to go, I think that I had never been strong enough before. And when you have a death experience, you have to give up. You have to let go because it's so obvious that we're not in control of everything. Mm. We can't be in control of everything. When you're holding on too tight to make things a certain way, it never works out like that. It can mm-hmm. never happen that way. You know, even if you're, even if it's a simple example of, you know, I've got, I, it always takes me 10 minutes to get to work and then there's an accident on the freeway. Well, you can't control that and you can't, you can't get upset about it you know, every day or that stress just piles on, piles on. And I think that that's really the way my life was before. I piled, I I would take other people's feelings and stuff them inside. So I would be a sponge for other people's stress. Mm -hmm. And um, this, this whole situation has really helped to take all of that and push it out. And I've pushed it out through all of these artistic pursuits as well. So mm-hmm. it's 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 kind of spreading that in a different way so that I am not stuffing all of that stress or taking on other people's problems. And if I'd learned that earlier, I might have not been married for 29 years. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and I don't mean to say that I, you know, kind of in a bad way, but it probably would have been uh, easier for me to say, "I'm important too," and what I what I need to do with my life is important as well. Yes, and a lot of women do come to that realization at some point. Usually. Uh... Not after a death experience. Um, we don't have to all <laughs> go to those not. extremes. Um, but you, we get to, I think, a certain age and we start to look at, you know, what about me? You know, what if, what is it that I have to offer and where, where how have I buried that, right, mm-hmm. in service mm-hmm. of others? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's, you know, we talk a lot about, like, work-life balance. But I think that it really is at the top of the pyramid should be life balance, mm-hmm. period. You know, yes. all of the other things that are involved with how you balance your life are not just work or family. It's all of those other things that you 
don't sit around and wreck. I mean, you don't think of it while you're in the thick of it. But as you mentioned, you know, women, that's that kind of a magical 50 years old age, right? You start mm-hmm. reevaluating what it is that is, um, you know, what you're, what are you bringing to the world? And if I had known that when I was 35 or when I was 40, um, I think that my life would have been different, but everything happens exactly in the order that it's supposed to, because I wouldn't be as passionate about helping others or bringing them beauty in their lives if I hadn't had this experience. Mm -hmm. And you still wouldn't know how to paint. (laughs) <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> so do you have a vision for yourself as an artist now? Um, yes, you know, and it's very, um, it, it's very interesting because I don't have like a one style. And someone asked me about that the other day and said, you know, well, what, it they don't all look alike and i said it's because it's whatever is flowing out of me today mm-hmm. the world changes every day you know we go through four seasons a, a tree will you know leaves turn in the fall and are bare and then bring you know new leaves in the spring so and it's not me doing this you know it, it is a, it is something that's bigger that is working through me. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I really feel like that is part of how the changes every day. But the whole goal is to bring beauty into the world. And if you do that through art or you do that through helping people to better their lives um, by having a better job or, you know, those types of things, that, that all ends up in the same place in happiness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, J.K. Rowling said the same thing about the Harry Potter series, that it just flowed through her. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we, I, I think we all have the capability. It's just opening up those channels, right? And allowing things instead of, I, I, I don't know anyone who hasn't ever had an idea and they've gone, oh, no, that's, you know, that's just silly. Right. Or I don't, I don't know how I could ever do that. Right. Like if you had had the idea, well, when you did have the idea, oh, I need to buy paint supplies. You were probably like, why on earth do I need those? I don't, I don't paint. Like that's just crazy. But mm-hmm. you did it and you let it flow and look what happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really has changed uh, my entire perspective of things too. I tried to decorate my new apartment in like a uh, soft, um, French provincial color, you know, like just really subdued colors. And I just couldn't do it. There's just like a lot of color in my life now. Mm. And I I can't have just creams and, and white. <laughs> I tried really hard. I really did. But yeah. I've, I've got a lot of color because that vibrancy is, um, is just a part of the things that I notice in the world now. Yeah, that's wonderful. Color is juicy, you know, and it it has a psychological effect on us and it really does spice up our life. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I wish I was JK Rowling. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I think it sounds like it's pretty cool to be you. 
Yes, yes. I actually, I love being me. So, yes, you're right. <laughs> that actually well, works really well. We're almost out of time, so I have to ask you, what is one book or resource that changed your life that you would recommend to people? Well, my best friend gave me a copy of Jesus Calling by Sarah Young, and it's a, uh, you know, uh, one every day. There's a reading and uh, uh, passages from the Bible, and it. I I really am been so much more open to finding those pieces and parts of me that mm-hmm. are connected mm-hmm. through all of those, uh, the wisdom that's in the Bible. And if she hadn't given that to me in every day, I'm, I'm so grateful. And it helps that, that, um, that sense of purpose. And mm-hmm. it it really has it really has changed my life. It is not something that I would ever have done before, and not because I wasn't a believer, but mostly because I just had too much to do. I was just too worried about everybody else's things. Mm-hmm. And when I let go of all of that, with you know, with the the you know, bringing the art, there's no room. There's no room for that now. I think that it's much uh, it's a much kinder um world now when I'm looking to help others rather than being kind of consumed about taking on their issues but helping mm-hmm. them to figure out how to deal with them too. Right. Right. So if people want to find out more about you and maybe see some photos of your artwork, how can they mm-hmm. do that? Um, you can go to my my business website, which is aliquantus.consulting. It's A-L-I-Q-U-A-N-T-U-S, as in Sam, dot consulting. And there's a link. There'll be a link for my, um, for my artwork. But it's pretty varied. <laughs> Interesting. So I, I, uh, I really appreciate you um, giving me the opportunity to talk about it. Well, it's a fascinating story, and I appreciate you sharing with us. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Oh, I really appreciate it, and I I hope that um, it will inspire others to find an outlet that can help them in kind of the same way. I hope so, too, without having to die first. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. I don't wish that on anybody. (laughs) Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Allison Benton. Do you believe that God taught her how to paint while she was clinically dead? Or maybe the drugs unlocked a piece of her brain that had previously been unknown to her. However it happened, it's such an incredible story. What a gift to come out of such a life-altering experience. If you have something to add to the conversation, please leave a comment on the show page or on my Facebook page, First Class Life Solutions. If you'd like to be a guest on my show, please click on the link at the bottom of the show page and fill out the questionnaire. I'll be in touch. You can find links to previous podcasts and some books written by or recommended by my guests on my website, firstclasslifesolutions.com. Next week, my guest will be voice and presentation skills coach Carol Stanley. Carol guides entrepreneurs, church leaders, and aspiring speakers and singers to gain confidence, poise, and command over voice, body, mind, and spirit.
They transform from unsteady, shaky, and fearful to capable, confident, and compelling presenters who make a big impact on audiences large and small or on camera. Whether they speak or sing boldly or stand with power and impact, without saying a word, these transform presenters inspire, motivate, lead, and achieve to make the difference they are on the planet to make for the moments that matter the most. Carol has a vast background in stage, performance, screen, TV, radio, recording music albums, speaking, directing, singing, modeling professionally, and training others to be their excellent best. Beloved by many, she sprinkles her special magic dust of presentation and voice skills to create golden outcomes in the balance sheet and beyond. She is a premier coach for the eWomen Network, is recognized in Stanford's Who's Who and Continental Who's Who, and has been published and recognized as a business leader in Women of Distinction magazine. Carol is a published author of a section in the compilation book, Incredible Life, and of her own new book, Born to be Awesome, a guide to presenting with brilliance on stage and camera through the power of God in you. Whether working one-on-one with action, taking clients, or leading her popular workshop, one thing is certain, clients rave about the impact Carol delivers in service to their big success. I hope you'll join us. In the meantime, our thoughts and prayers are with all who are experiencing the wrath of these terrible storms. Be safe and stay strong. Here's to your authentic first-class life. I'm Kate Fessler. Thanks for listening to Change, Redefining Success. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts at ewnpodcastnetwork.com.